Have you ever lost your voice? Then, was there anyone who helped you find your new voice? In 1972, I lost and found my singing voice, my speaking voice, and my acting voice. It was the summer at Jones Beach Theater. I was playing Louie in The King and I. At the audition, my voice was high, crisp, clear. But by the time opening night came around, my voice was low, soft. A new instrument sprung into action in front of 8,000 people and the New York Times who made note of the bass among boy sopranos. Guy Lombardo, the producer and band leader, called special rehearsals for me, Constance Towers, who played Anna, and John Cullum, who played the king. They were all very supportive, but it was a man from the chorus who directed the children who helped me find my voice. Lucifer Unbound, a medieval yarn by Longfellow, the golden legend, unraveled, respun, and told by Donald Myers. It was Donald Meyer who coached me, he encouraged me, and he inspired me to phrase and sing and launch my songwriting career on West 82nd Street in a walk-up brownstone apartment. I studied with Don Myers. We all need coaches. We all need mentors. And we all need to give thanks to those who gave so much to us. I was born about 15 years too late. I grew up about 15 years too soon. And for some reason, I was born just at the right time. Hi, everybody. It's Richard Beatty. I would play the part as a protective son to Constance Towers' Anna. Connie was to deal with an unruly hoop skirt and with the outdoor elements of Jones Beach and its waterways, pontoon stages, and wind, the percentages that Miss Towers would wind up in the drink had a high probability. Louis would be charged with escorting his mother in scenes that they played together. There were scenes that were played more grown-up and Louis became a confidant of his mother, Anna. In addition, Louis had some great scenes with Prince Chula Longhorn, played by Keenan Shimizu, who was 16 that year. Keenan and I played those scenes with intensity. We became dressing roommates and great friends that summer. He was almost two years older than me and studied voice with Bob Montiel, Don Myers as well. There was little cause for alarm regarding my voice change, And then came opening night, June 28, 1972. It was told to me later that two critics, one from the New York Times and the other from Variety, came to opening night together, sat together in the press box, and left together in the same car. Both critics had written about a boy who sang at Westbury Music Fair in the Christmas opera Amal and the Night Visitors. Both raved about the performance of Colin Duffy. Indeed, He had a powerful performance that I attended at Westbury. Both critics also mentioned that Duffy was an obvious choice to be cast in Guy Lombardo's Jones Beach Theater revival of The King and I. They took their frustration out on Richard Arnold Beatty. Constance Towers, John Cullum, and others wisely said, Never read your reviews. Bad ones and good ones are known to ruin actors. These reviews were vicious. I don't know any kid who had to go through puberty and all the benefits of it in such a public way. There was talk that I would be fired and replaced. Both reviews hit the newsstands the morning of July 1st, 1972. That was also my 14th birthday. That evening when I got to the theater, John Fernley was waiting for me. 
Richard, I am so sorry. He had tears in his eyes. When I realized that he was not going to fire me, I said, Mr. Fernley, they, the critics, were just doing their job. I just have to do a better job every night. Guy Lombardo called special rehearsals for a few days with Fernley, Connie Towers, as well as Arnold Spector and me. I had heard that Connie and John Fernley saved my job. That's love. I challenged myself that summer to measure my performances at curtain calls. Each night, the applause was bigger. Patricia Arnell and John Stewart, who played Tupton and her ill-fated lover, Loon Ta, were after me at curtain call. They would be in on my measurement game. Patricia would grab my arms and let me go right as I ran out to take my bow. On closing night, Labor Day 1972, I was walking out at Jones Beach Theater for the last time. John firmly called out, Richard, I have someone I would like you to meet. It was Richard Rogers, the great composer of the musicals of Broadway. Richard, we were waiting for you to come out. I just wanted to say that playing Louie as an older boy was a great approach to the role. I wanted to thank you for that refreshing approach. It was obvious that you were there to take care of your mother and protect her. Now that you are no longer a child actor, what are you going to do? Mr. Rogers, I always wanted to write music and lyrics, like you. He shook my hand and said, Well, we need good songwriters, young man. He smiled, and John Fernley smiled like a proud dad. Good night, Richard. At Christmas 1972, I received a Christmas card from John Fernley with a personal note. Richard, what a man you've become. You should have been allowed to be a boy for a little longer. But what a good man you are. I was born 15 years too late for Greenwich Village, 15 years too soon for Broadway, and just the right time to find my voice. <laughs>